Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. Tonight, we are recapping the first episode of Marvel's Secret Invasion from Saber back to Earth and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. With you as always, Steve. What's up, Steve? Well, not uh, Everett Ross's heart rate, I can tell you that. Yeah. First scene. Um, first scene. Well, f- ho- sorry. F- well, Feverett Ross? Fake Everett Ross? Yeah, okay, we're going to jump into all this, I guess. Secret Invasion, the first episode's new series, Secret Invasion, just came out this past Wednesday. I've been promised a spy espionage thriller about Skrulls, starring Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. Um, before we dive into the plot, I have to, off top, address the elephant in the room and the uproar regarding the... Have you heard about this? You made a face. Do you know about the uproar? I'm waiting to see what the uproar will be. Main title sequence. Oh, yeah. Created by artificial intelligence. Yep. Um, and programs that uh, scour the internet and scan art that already exists, other people's artwork, and then puts it all, matches it all together into some uh, dumb, ugly looking mashup. And uh, that is admittedly what Disney and Marvel decided to do for the. Uh, opening credits of this series. Um, I think AI art is theft. I hate it. And so I hate the opening credits of this theory uh, series. I think they should not have done it. Um, I think it was a big mistake. It's rubbing a lot of people the wrong way, a lot of artists the wrong way, especially uh, Marvel, who has been known recently to not want to pay VFX artists uh, what they're, you know, yeah. uh, what, what they deserve to be paid. And now all of a sudden they're going with a whole title sequence created by you know, an AI system. Um, I'm against it. I hate it. And huge marks against this series, regardless of how good I, the rest of this series is. I will, there's, it's going to be, there's going to be a blemish on it for me because yeah. of that. And I'm going to skip that intro every single time. See, That's now, just my I, thoughts on it. I won't go so. remotely that far because uh, the way I also am looking at this is, the entire premise of the show is based on deception and theft and use of other people's everything. Uh, So it was relatively fitting in my brain when I heard about what they were doing. And also the fact that they consciously did not use like modern uh, AI to produce it. And it was a very like 1.0 type uh, AI that was used. Um, Mm. So, well, well, AI art in general, uh, I completely agree with you with. Uh, there are some minor, like, uh, I'm not going to blanket this one with that from my standpoint. Uh, I still don't can, like it, but I, I mean, dislike it. <laughs> right. I dislike <laughs> yeah. it less than you dislike it. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I just think they could have. They probably could have captured that same idea or energy by having an actual person create something. Oh, yes. I don't know. I feel like they could have done it that way. Um, So anyway, that's just my initial thoughts out of the gate. Um, Diving into the show itself. Yes, you brought up 
Everett Ross. Yeah. I mean, spoilers, Spoiler, by the way. Spoilers I straight mean, off the bat. Said, if you didn't check. Said if you, spoilers before, I guess, Steve said that at the beginning. I mean, it's literally <laughs> anyway, the first scene, so I figured that scene, wasn't yeah. that much of a spoiler. Yeah. So anyway, spoilers for the first episode of Marvel's Secret Invasion. Um, Everett Ross gets shot and dies and is revealed to be a scroll. Now, one, pat myself on the back a little bit. I called this. I could tell this was going to happen. Um, from the moment he's talking to, you know, the uh, quote unquote, quote unquote, the, the, the quote unquote, uh, loose cannon guy who's got like the maps and the, the clippings full all over the Pepe walls. Sylvia, and like, like, yeah, I'm going to blow this whole thing wide open, like yeah. the classic trope of a character, but essential in uh, this style of storytelling, I believe. Yeah. Which for any Game of Thrones uh, folks out there, that was Beric Dondarrion. Ah, yeah. okay. So. Yeah, I thought that actor looked a little familiar. Um, so the second that Everett Ross started defend, like being, you know, thing like Nick feel Nick, Nick Fury's up on Saber. He's been there since the blip. Blah, blah, blah. I was just like, mm, he's trying to excuse this. He's a mm-hmm. swell. So my question is for you, Steve, because I think later in the episode, Maria Hill said something. The w- She phrased it around... She said something like the scroll that was impersonating Ross or Ross's imperson. I don't know. The way she said it made me think like, oh, wait, was he a scroll? Is there a real Everett Ross still alive out there? Or has he long been dead and has he been a scroll the entire time we've known him? That's my question for you. What do you think? Well, before I answer that, we're going to go full blown spoiler warning for anyone who has not seen this or cares one iota about it. Yeah. Um, so we see in a couple scenes, uh, a couple scenes in the, uh, well, actually it's probably about halfway through once we meet, uh, Gaia and the whole, um, mm-hmm. crew that they have all these people that they're, um, cloning in stasis, like, uh, mimicking oh, yeah, in stasis. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. So is Everett Ross sitting in a, you know, bubble cage somewhere? Okay. Right. That's right. So they're not killing people. Uh, they are just. In, like imprisoning them farming them and putting them into suspended animation and stealing their likeness so you're right yes they could be holding ever ross somewhere else i kind of i guess i get why they're doing that but i would rather them just go full on scrolls are terrible murderers and they have killed everybody you know what i mean like yeah i'd rather it seems like a very disney kind of like well let's keep everybody alive you know, like, well, it's a weird get, one because do, in case they want to bring Martin Freeman back as <laughs> Everett Ross, in right. Black Panther three or whatever, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, but, but I un- think it would unlike be... most of unlike the actual comic plot and everything, the the scrolls in the MCU were set up as a uh, as a compassionate like group. Yeah. So right. it really it really changes the whole dynamic compared to anything we would have known from prior canon. Uh, yeah. And even this group is like, it's a splinter group of that compared to mm-hmm. like actual scrolls from Skrullos or wherever. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, all right, it's, it's a bunch of guys that have been on earth and are fed up with the fact that Fury hasn't in 30 years found them a new planet. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that, that makes sense because initially Sorry, let's take a step back for one second. Did you like this episode? Did you like this series so far? 
We just uh, dived right in. We didn't like yeah. share like our thoughts. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yes, I think. Yeah, I, I'm kind of on the same boat too where I feel like I liked the look of it. I like the feel of it. They are definitely like shooting it like an action th- or an espionage thriller. Right. Like the moves they're making, but like something about it didn't fully hit for me in a way that I hope I get to in episode two through six. Yeah, or whatever, you it's, it's like, going to be another one we don't know until like three or four, whether we're hitting on all cylinders or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this looks really good and they're doing a good job of capturing a feeling, but I don't know if I, if the story is something that I care enough about to feel invested in, if that makes sense. You know, there's like a bit of a, yeah. um, I'm a bit of seeing two sides of it here. Well, I think a lot of that um, will hinge on Samuel L. Jackson and how and where he takes Fury. Because yeah, what and how re- plugged re- in he is. Yeah. Right. Because what we're reintroduced to is a very um, different Nick Fury than we're used to. Uh, maybe beaten down and, you know, multiple times mentioned older, uh, limping, not quite the same yeah. Nick Fury after the blip. Yeah. And I think part of the reason that I didn't feel fully sucked in is that I would have liked to kind of, I would have liked it to move a little slower and like kind of linger on him a little bit more and like explore more of where he is mentally, like just like sit with him a little longer before he's immediately working with Marie Hill and Talos, like on this thing. There's also a shot that like he walks off. It's like his reveal, right? The thing opens, he walks off the ship. He takes two steps turns around and is staring up in the sky, presumably watching the ship away. I was like, wow, that ship is the fastest taking off ship in the history of ships. <laughs> and <laughs> it's like already way up there. Yeah, yep. I took two steps away and it's already in the sky. Um, okay, so anyway, yes, what you just said makes kind of reminds me that this makes more sense than it should. Because in my brain, I was like, the whole twist about the Skrulls and Captain Marvel is that they are not cruel like they are in the books like they're right. enemies in the shit and they're enemies in the books and Captain Marvel the whole twist was like oh they're on they're they're good guys it's right. the Kree that are they're running away and, from like, the Kree kill them yeah, yeah exactly they're just seeking safe harbor but the fact that Captain Marvel takes place 30 years before what we're seeing now and yes that does make sense that they would have some grievance of like yo we're still stuck here right and you haven't done anything for us so like at first, I was like, is this it? Because I mean, because it, it is, but it is this, but it works because of the 30 years. I think it is Marvel having their cake and eating it, too. Like they like to do a lot. We're like, we'll give it to you like this over here, but then we're going to do some fancy rewrites and, you know, off screen, whatever. And now they're like this and this other project. Right. Um, Which weirdly does work for this when you like, like you said, when you think about it. Yeah. Of when you like, factor in the time. Yeah. That is a that that makes sense i think i think it makes sense so anyway yes um uh so how did we get to that i don't remember the 30 years um just the rebel cell of scrolls um and okay so everett ross is a scroll that happens early on uh fury so they call fury he comes down reunites with talos and maria hill um and he meets olivia coleman who works for British intelligence. You know, just randomly Olivia Coleman's there. Yeah. 
I feel like that happened weirdly quick. He just goes out and gets kidnapped and she's there. like that was like, oh, what? Like that, that that was the kind of thing I was like, I want him walking at night to be like some kind of introspective into his mental state. And then it was like, oh, no, we're just on to another character introduction already. Like, I want just Nick Fury. I want just him. Right. Um, yeah. Which, but, of course, yeah. I mean, his the the in all honesty, like the exposition between him and Coleman, like that was some of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, I show. agree. That was good. The show, um, I agree. Their interaction was good. You could yeah. tell that was like two really great actors <laughs> right. locked together. in. Yeah, and, I mean, no, I mean Ben Mendelsohn too is also excellent. And so Kingsley Ben Adair, even though he doesn't really say anything, but like, yeah, he's there. Yeah. I mean, right. the guys. I, I was listening. I, I completely forgot uh, over the course. He's played both Barack Obama and Malcolm X. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. Wow. I was Weird. listening to another podcast, and I was like. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> forgot about that. And now Gravik. Yep. Um, I still think Olivia Coleman's going to turn out to be a scroll. Um, that's my prediction. I predicted that from the trailer, and I think that's still going to be the case. Yeah, I I could see that scroll or like non sympathetic human that ends up just yeah. I don't know. You know what? I'd probably prefer it if she was not a scroll. Yeah, and just a non, just a, yeah, uh, an a hole. It was like somebody right. <laughs> working with working with scrolls to sell out humans or like right. that. I would prefer that. I would prefer that. I hope that's what it is. Um, but it, at this point, everyone's a scroll. Like, yeah, you have to I, just yeah, assume. And I like that. Yeah, everyone's a scroll. No one's safe. Um, which is cool. Uh, Talos reunites with his daughter Gaia. Yep. Um, who we met in Captain Marvel. Uh, who we met in Game of Thrones season one. Episode yes. One. Yep. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, for some reason blanking on that actress's name, although Amelia Clark. Seen her in a million things. Amelia Clark. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Kira herself. Yes. Um, I was going to say we met, her, we met her on Corellia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she's um, one of the other actors getting all of the nerd money. Oh, yeah. For sure. Triple threat nerd money taker. Hmm? We'll go with it. Um, yeah. Um, I thought she was good too. I mean, she's a great actress, um, for sure. Um, and she's working with like the rebels. She's been disillusioned. She's been estranged from Talos for a while. Talos tells her that her mom is dead and that the guy that she's working for is the one who killed her. So that kind of gives her a moral quandary and she starts giving information. Um, so I'm curious about that whole, like, let's, let's dive into that a little more. So, sure, sure. uh, keep wanting to call it Kira, um, Gaia's whole thing, like when, when it's revealed her mother died and, uh, like the reaction that Amelia Clark gives in that scene, mm-hmm. um, when she tells, uh, Talos that the bags will be marked for these dirty bombs and there's no marked bags in that. Is it malicious that she intends that or was she told that or like, does she believe right. like I, it'll take a couple episodes for us to figure out like where she actually lies, but was she deceiving her father or was it something that she was being deceived? Yeah, my, I think I initially, assumed that Gravik knew that she was going to or assumed she may tell her father. And so whether or not it was purposeful, whether or not he found out after she told him or 
he just changed it because he didn't trust her mm-hmm. um, remains to be seen for sure. But in either way, it's I think it will clearly I think it, it will clearly drive her away from Gravik and back towards her father. But I think she's going to be um, she's going to be like Leonardo DiCaprio in The Departed. Like she's going to be like stuck between these two things having to continue her work with Gravik or having to prove herself to Gravik so she can continue to get information. That's just my right. guess. I'm currently rewatching Star Wars Rebels and uh, yeah, very much um, I'm I just I just started season four, uh, just finished the Callus arc. So very much Agent yeah. Callus, like trying to eke that last bit of information out of the Empire type thing. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, I got uh, five or six episodes into season four and I paused for a little bit. I got to go back and nice. make sure I finish it before I just okay, next uh, just gave my wife the list of like 16 episodes she should watch. She was very oh, nice. daunted. Yeah, yeah. And then I told her they were 20 minute episodes. and She was like, yep. yeah, OK, that's I can do that. I told my wife that, too. I was like, it's probably going to be like at least 10, maybe a little bit more. She's like, oh, really? I was like, do you want to start one tonight? And there's like, there's a two parter we could start with, and it's really good. And she's like, how long is it? I was like, <laughs> in her brain, minutes. it's two oh, hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She thought she's like, oh, they're twenty two episode, twenty two minutes each. I was yeah. like, yeah. She go, oh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> I was like, oh, great, nice, easy sell, easy sell. All right, so I need um, to get her on telling my wife to uh, start going. <laughs> yeah, start going. Perfect. I started her with now that this. I mean, we'll get back to Secret Invasion in a oh, second. Yeah. I I uh, started her on just. We skipped all of season one, and we just started with the first two episodes of season two. That okay. two-parter um, that introduces like like Vader's in it, and kinda, right. it's a good introduction because it's a season opener. It's a good reintroduction to like the team and everything. Kind of sets everybody right. up where well, they're gonna go. Maybe in the main line we can bring that up again because uh, I uh, I've got thoughts. All right, sounds good. <laughs> Stay tuned for our main weekly episode where we will continue this uh, tangent about Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> Um, why not? We're going to record it in 20 minutes anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I got 20 more minutes in me on this uh, secret invasion, to be honest with you. We're trying to, no, I'm just assuming the already, difficulties but, in there too. So yeah, true. Um, so we're at this, uh, big unity day festival and they're trying to stop the bombs that are in bags. And it turns out that the bags are decoys. The bombs are already planted. The bombs start going off and causing mass panic. Um, Talos, Nick Fury, and Maria Hill are running over trying to save people and stop the bombs, trying to get Gravik. And then, crushingly, something that I hate happened. <laughs> A Skrull, Gravik, uh, disguised as Nick Fury, shoots and kills Maria Hill. Um, and, and she bleeds out, and Fury runs to her side, but then has to run away before he gets caught. Yeah. So that last sequence had two of my like favorite things to note from the series or yeah. from the, the episode. Um, episode. Gravik's quick changes. That whole sequence mm-hmm. was just visually him like switching between each of the personas. Yeah. It just it, it caught me when uh, Fury's trying to track him and sees each of the different people it makes you think back on the episode because you saw all four of the people at various points. And it's like, was that graphic or was that, you know, did he just happen to uh, choose those people? Right. That's a good point. I didn't really 
think about it like that. Yeah, when I well, I didn't until I saw the like the first. I think it was what there was two, and then the kid with the balloon or ball. Yeah, and I was like, oh shit, we saw him before or her before. I'm like, was that? Wait, oh oh, I saw the other two before. Oh, uh, (laughs) it sent me down this mental rabbit hole of like, huh, okay, this is kind of cool. Right. Yeah, you're right because it's really setting up that he could be watching you right wherever you are, and any you know, it's like a like the thing like you don't know who it is right. you can't trust anybody yeah not that um, thing the other thing not the ben, marvel comics thing. ben Grimm, you could Carpenter. pick out pretty yeah. pretty easily <laughs> pretty easily pretty easy to spot yeah i mean unless he's got that that hat and uh trench coat on then <laughs> perfectly oh, 100 um <laughs> that's classic thing disguise um I really love the character of Maria Hill, and I uh, was very bummed that she was, um, to use uh, the term coined by Gail Simone, fridged, mm-hmm. um, where the female character is killed or depowered or injured in some way to advance the male hero's story. That's exactly what happened to her in this episode. Um, and that's a bummer because, I mean, I love Nick Fury. I would have preferred it if nick fury died and she took over <laughs> you know like i, mean, I would love to see kobe smulders has got chops too so i know i like her that actress quite a bit so yeah. i would love i would have loved to see kobe smulders as uh maria hill running shield um you know in phase five of the mcu or wherever but um sadly that seems to not be the case of course it's marvel and it's comics and they you know maybe she they could they could somehow bring her back to life. They you know they I mean, for all, for all her from another universe if they want to. They could do a million things to bring her back if they ever want to bring her back. So who knows? But um, I would also hate if they brought her back <laughs> at the same time because I uh, I'm getting in, increasingly annoyed when movies uh, um, yeah seem to have no stakes because no one ever really dies. Um, heard that was a band back in the day. Um, they. Uh, hypothetically on Wednesday we could open with her dying but being a scroll so who knows yeah that's true they, they could reveal her to be a scroll yeah also sure. her but, dying words to fury were it was you right yeah so I took that to imply like that whoever killed her took on his appearance like that not that she that was she accusing yeah, yeah. him but Right, that she knew that it was a scroll, right, and not him, and she was letting him know, "Yo, they've got your face mm-hmm. somehow." So, how do they have his face if they seemingly are keeping these humans like corralled and asleep in order to steal their faces? How do they have his face? Or like, does I, mean, I guess I guess they don't need to be imprisoned in order to steal somebody's face because it's not like everybody in Captain Marvel. Right. You know, I don't I don't think they specify that in Captain Marvel. I think they can just look at somebody and impersonate them. I well, and maybe it's, it's something that certain scrolls like a super scroll could do. Mm-hmm. Maybe like Kingsley Benadir's true, true. character. True, true. Yeah. All so right. who knows? But I'm sure cool. we'll find out in the next five episodes. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, there's a six six episode um series running now through the end of July. And um yeah, like I said, I liked it enough to be interested to keep watching it. It's not like I didn't, you know, not like I hated it, but I want it to grab me a little bit more than it did. But like visually, 
I think they're doing a great job at recreating uh, the look of like a espionage series, even like kind of the way it was shot, like framing and stuff. I was like, oh, this kind of looks like a 70s spy thriller. Um, and uh, even like the feel of it and the vibe of it, I think, is in lock with that. But again, just like right now, like the story is like it's just moving a little. It's like it's like a great visual, but the story is still very like MCU Marvel-y yeah. to where it's not really matching up with the visuals for me um, in a way that makes it really hit and feel like a 70s espionage thriller. But um, well, that's it's it, how it moves on. I think you mentioned it a couple Marvels ago. Um, <laughs> we'll use that as a unit of time now. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> but like they're making they're making a marvel show and trying to put a skin on it versus yeah like what star wars did with andor where they made a you know political thriller that just happened to have star wars accoutrement sure yeah russell felt a lot like star wars yeah like, oh 100 percent. And, and or is and or is a wonder right i think really like how it is yeah i don't know i don't know but like russell, why like, couldn't they do that with this like make a good show and then have it also well, tie in. I think because Andor is a prequel and there's predetermined destinations, but only for one of the characters that was in season one. Like we only knew the fate of Cassian. Um, but we don't know how he gets there. This is classic MCU where everything's building to something right but then is gonna keep building from there and keep building from there and it's all like you know the mcu everything is second act nothing can really be final <laughs> because it has to keep going like all comic books yeah. all the time you know um and even if something feels like an ending it's not really because we're just gonna keep going like end game you know mm -hmm. um so i think that's it they have to like keep spinning the plates no right. matter how many how much cool stuff they do they can't really give you any finality um or like or the stakes don't feel quite as high because, you know, this in some way or another, this thing is just going to keep going. I mean, I can't imagine that all of the main characters in the show will be dead by the end of episode six. No, uh, but but our, if they did, that would be something very surprising for sure. I just came to a bad realization. Hmm. We're kind of at the whose line is it anyway point of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, aren't we? The points are made up and nothing matters. Yeah, dude. That's a really great way to put it. Yeah. Everything's made up and nothing matters. Yeah. 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 It's we're there, which is funny. I mean, we've been there for years with comics and nobody cares. Yeah. But for some reason, like, I think it's because we keep seeing I mean, these things churn. It's like, all right, well, I guess for maybe me, this one's better. <laughs> It's been most of everything for me. It's been most of everything since Endgame has felt like that. And I haven't really yeah. put the words to it. What you just said is like a good way of yeah. surmising it. Yeah. There's been some spikes here and there, but for yep. some standouts. In general, yeah. Guardians Volume 3, right. huge standout because it is, for all intents and purposes that we know right now, an ending. And right. Gun's not coming back, and a lot of these characters aren't coming back. But that's, so. that's the thing. There's stakes. Yeah. There's exactly. no stakes for any of the rest. Yeah, I know. Or the stakes are arbitrary. Right. Because the stakes are very important in this particular project. But in the next project, it'll be like, oh, yeah, th that didn't matter. This right. is the real thing. You Until know, the crossover. Happens. And then that matters. And then the yeah, rest of exactly. it doesn't. Which, yeah. I mean, I 
I guess, is exactly how comics yeah. have worked for years. So it shouldn't surprise yeah. me, but for some reason it does. But, but com- it's a different medium, so it feels yeah. different, you know? And that was my part of my big... I'm not as high on everyone in the world besides me loves Captain America Civil War, the film. It's not very high on my list as a movie, and I could get into that later, but one of the things that bugs me about that movie, they have this whole ideological confrontation that is the driving force of the film and leads to a great finale fight between Bucky and Cap and Tony, and then at the end, he gets a phone in the mail, it's like, hey, if you ever need me, just give me a call. Like, oh, okay. So... so you're still friends, I guess. Like after all of that two and a half hour movie at the end, it's just like, yeah, call me anytime. Civil War, I'm not sure Winter Soldier. Did I say Civil War? Yeah, I thought I said Civil War. Oh, okay. I I thought you yeah. said Winter Soldier. I was like, that didn't oh, happen no, no. Winter Soldier. <laughs> no, I no, I love Winter Soldier. Okay. I'm just yeah. saying Civil War. Right. Civil War is yeah. I, I was um, going to continue the discussion on how the hell Winter Soldier wasn't this high on your list, but no, I Civil love War Winter totally Soldier, makes yeah. sense. No, I get you there. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. actually with you to a degree. Like some of the highest highs of like filmmaking in the MCU, but also some of the weirdest. Like there's no no stakes. Yeah, because like they like I just said this, but they tell you the stakes are big, but then they find a way to be like, ah, they weren't that big, or everything's right. going to be okay by the end. Like, oh, all right. Right. Like the end of Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, the the pre the pre credit ending to that movie is incredible. Where he's walking down the street and all of a sudden a third eye opens in his head and he falls to his knees screaming, and then yeah. it cuts to credits. Like amazing classic Sam Raimi ending to a movie. But then the mid credit scene is just like, "Hey, here I am, and I got my third eye, and everything's great. We're gonna jump into this portal with Cleo and go fight a giant thing." I'm like, oh, well, you just under undid the crazy ending right. like for he's that, terrified of his eye and all of a sudden it's fine right uh, go with the end credits and the normal ending and cut that mid credit scene out yes because like yes a third eye and wanda like thumbing through the dark hole that wanda gore that's a great place to leave it <laughs> yeah for sure for sure um anyway secret invasion wednesdays only on disney plus um and i guess we're just gonna be uh we're gonna keep covering all six episodes What's stopping us? Yeah. Why not? Nothing. Nothing. Um, so that's all we got for episode one. Stay tuned. Um, if you're watching live, stay tuned. We're about to record our main weekly recap episode. Um, and uh, yeah, stick around for that. It's going to be good. That works. Yeah. I think uh, uh, if you don't do that, well, you should do that. And if you want to do sure. that, uh, subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice. Feel free to reach out to us on any of the socials, the Multiverse Report, Multiverse RPT on Twitter, um, for whatever's left of that platform. Uh, and <laughs> we can talk to you via long form on the multi or no. Yeah, the multiverse support at gmail.com. Um true, true. Yeah. That's yeah. Seems good. And uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of minutes, I'd assume. Yeah, we sure will. And until then, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the multiverse.